Alright, what is happening guys? Oh my goodness, football two weeks in, it's going to fly by, you know, before we know it, it's already going to be week eight, ha over halfway through the season, we'll start getting to the playoff races, I mean it just goes so quick, you wait all week for Sunday, sometimes Thursday night games, I'm not too excited about this Titans-Jags, even if you got, I mean who's the best for the Titans, you got Derrick Henry, um, no receivers, what AJ Brown, I don't think anyone's going to get doing backflips over A.J. Brown. No one is that desperate at wide receiver in our league that they're <laughs> pinning their hopes to A.J. Brown on the Titans. Um, but I would say the Titans, it's got to be Derrick Henry. Maybe the Titans defense. I don't think anyone runs Mariota in our league. They're, they're probably getting the Jags. The Jags defense, they could put out on a good performance. We saw what the Colts did against the, the Titans last week. They might be a possibility. I'm more excited with the Jags side. Leonard Fournette, you got to love Leonard Fournette. At any time, anytime you have a team like that where they're defense-oriented and they have a good run game, uh, and then the 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 what's it, Garden Minshew. <laughs> Jacob has him as, you know, picked him up for fun. He's a cool-looking guy with the, if you've ever seen him. They were mentioning in the last game that he does his warm-ups, pre-game warm-ups in front of the other players in just a jock strap, and some of the other players got a huge kick out of it. One of the guys quoted was saying, I didn't even know we there was guys who still wore jock straps, so I thought that was funny. But he's got the team, you know. He's trying to do what he can. They almost won last week against the Texans, but it was such a low-scoring game. So I don't know what to expect. I know you, the last few times these guys have played, it's been on Thursday night, and the the Titans, the home team, usually played better. And I think the last one I remember was the Titans. And remember, Derrick Henry ran all over the Jags with some late runs, so. Who knows? It's not too exciting, but you know, you get all excited for the Sunday games. I mean, I have the DirecTV package. I watched the the my favorite game of the day. You know, even though Rams fan here, but I was still all over. Me and Noah were watching. Uh, I got Noah where he loves Kyler Murray. We both love Lamar Jackson, so we watched that almost that whole game through. That was an exciting game of two very entertaining quarterbacks, and that's what it's about. And that's why I was talking about in some of our group texts, Christian. I know you're down on the Dolphins but it really I mean what are you going to do with your Miami you you had the best chance last year when you beat New England on that wild ending and they still didn't really get anything done I they didn't make the playoffs you don't want to be that team you and I remember the Bengals were that for years where they were one and six you know or two and seven and they'd win six in a row and you're like okay now you went I mean check the history the year they could have got Peyton Manning he was coming out I remember they started out uh, one and six and they had, I remember when they were one and five, they were at San Francisco up 21 to nothing in the first half. And it was just like, all right, they're cruising. We'll get to two and five, maybe try to rebound. They had Jeff Blake. And no, they, they lost. The, the 49ers came all the way back, won the game. And the Bengals then were like one and six. And you're like, all right, it's over. Like you were saying, Brian, how you're like, you know, suck for, for, uh, oh, what's his name? His name just escaped me. Oh my gosh. I can't think about it. Anyway, the quarterback at Oklahoma, who's supposed to be, you know, one of the, the it thing is kind of like Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Um, I ha I know his name. It's just right now, all the stuff I got going on, I'm not, I, his name escaped me. But that's what you, you know, I was pulling for. You want that, something like that to happen. And then the Bengals go and went six straight and they finish the, the season seven and nine. And you're like, no, you're stuck in the middle of the road. That's the worst thing you want to do. I think the Dolphins are doing everything right. They'll be very boring to watch this year. Last year, 
anytime the Cardinals were on, I had no interest. A lot of times if I'm working or I got Noah going to basketball games or his like uh, we got soccer now and the Monday night game I recorded because we were out at soccer practice and took Samuel out to Olive Garden for his birthday. But I recorded the game. I'm interested in seeing the Browns. I was interested in uh, the Jets. Uh, I don't know if I'm interested in that now without Sam Darnold. But it, it was still something where you there's some hope and something that could be entertaining. And I right the Cardinals. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't watch them. They were. I'd rather watch a preseason game between the Ravens and the Steelers than I would watch the Cardinals. You know, midseason they were terrible. And now they got Kyler Murray, and I, I I've watched both their games. You know, like ninety percent of it. I might flip back and forth during commercials, but most of the game I love watching Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. They're exciting, and that's what you want, Christian, in Miami. That's what Brian wants in Denver. But Denver's gonna be the same thing, Brian. I think they're just gonna their defense is too good. When they're at home, unless you are just the worst team in football, when Denver's home field is really good, and that I picked them to beat the Bears, they should have won. That was a terrible roughing the passer call. That was a load of garbage. I don't see how you think that's roughing the passer. It's getting ridiculous with these penalties too, where you 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 can't even celebrate a touchdown. Um, I saw Austin Eckler get a touchdown. I saw Justin Jackson, both both guys for the Chargers get touchdowns, and you can't celebrate. You're just waiting for the flag or waiting for something to be challenged, some replay, and that's what it's come to. When the end of that Bronco game, I'm like, okay, that's that's going to be game, right? And nope, nope, where's the flag? And then you see the flag in the late hit, which was just embarrassing. Embarrassing. This whole weekend was terrible for refereeing calls. So it's like, what do you do? Would you rather be the 7-9 and nine team? I think 7-9 and nine is nice when you're on the rebound. Like if Arizona goes 7-9 and nine this year, that's nice from what they were last year. That's when you want to go 7-9. and nine. Then you're seeing progress. You don't want to be 7-9 and nine Eight and eight, seven and eight. you don't want to be Jeff Fisher. You know, check his record for majority of his career. You don't want to be right in the middle of the pack, and that's what I think Miami's definitely avoiding. And they are going to be on the fast track to getting the first overall pick. So that's what you want, Christian. Trade those guys away. Anyone that has talent, trade them away. You want to get draft picks, and now that they have, like I said, five, five in the uh, five first round picks in the next two years. And or no, four first round picks and five second round picks. Whatever it was outstanding. So now the whole thing is you have to draft wisely, or you will be like the Browns, Christian. Like you said, the Browns were bad because they had bad draft picks. That's their problem. So, anyways, six minutes into the podcast, I'm way off base. I just wanted to say how fast the season's gonna go. Before you know it, like I said, we'll be halfway through. Um, so let's get to, I mean, I'm going to cover just a couple games. I'm going to go over more games tomorrow. I figured it's better to do maybe a little shorter podcast and divide it out. And maybe that'll give you guys something to listen to every so often. It's just, it's, I enjoy doing it. It's just the only time I have is right now, like at my house, it's 11, almost 1130. I got work in the morning, so it makes it harder to do some of these. Not all of us can live on three and a half hours sleep like you, Eric. You have head coaching hours like John Gruden. He would uh, be up at 3 a.m. getting ready to go coach. So, um, yeah, so I wanted, you know, I figured I'd cover a couple games that I think are important ones and are must almost must watch as it goes in our league. And we'll cover some injured players, some waiver pickups that were pretty interesting. Um, and then each, each week, or not each week, each podcast I might go over a team if it looks like they're really hot or really struggling and, you know, maybe what what does it look like they're weak at? What can they do to improve? You know, and laid out there. And so, first topic, let's get to. I'm going to cover the games last. 
One, oh, one thing I was going to get to last. I'm going to just throw it out here now. You've got, you've got to check Jose's team name. I thought that was pretty funny. If you watched our weekly recap video, Jose had mentioned on Facebook, you know, he said, uh, what's that sexy sound? At I think it was 348 at the time. And it was where I was going, mm, Cam Newton. Mm. And it sounded like I was like, mm, Cam Newton. Oh, yeah, baby. Give me that Cam. It was basically me going like, mm, I don't know about that. You know, and so that's what it was more of a, I'm kind of worried, I'm kind of questioning, but if you just, if you just speed up to that, like one second before I say it, where it was like 340, go to 346, 345, and you'll hear it. It was pretty funny, Jose. So now check Jose's team name. It's mm, Cam Newton. <laughs> I thought that was so good. And Jose's had a knack for making crazy team names that are pretty funny week to week. So we'll see if this one sticks. If he gets on a winning streak, maybe he will. But let's hit up – first, I'm going to start with the injured quarterbacks. This last week, I mean, I can't imagine, remember a time seeing so many top QBs drop down. Cam Newton, there's a big possibility he doesn't play. And you can see, fantasy-wise, he's he's really hurting Elijah because you want to play him, but he's just like Kyler Murray. He's just like uh, um, Lamar Jackson, any running quarterback, Josh Allen – you want to be able to run. If you take that away from him, they're, you know, they're Joey Harrington or they're just, you know, they're just a quarterback that in real, as leadership wise, Cam might still be able to get it done. He could still win, but fantasy wise, and that's all we're talking about. A lot of this has nothing to do with the actual football, which is still down downgrade because Cam couldn't jump in at the end. You know, that would, if this was three years ago, Cam Newton's diving in at the end of that game. It's not going to a little pass to the outside McCaffrey getting stuck. So you know it's affecting Cam. He's most likely not going to play. Drew Brees getting hurt against the uh, the Rams. That was that was a tough one. You know you want to beat a team at their best, and losing Drew Brees like that for even six weeks, I didn't take anything away from it. You know as a as a fan, a Rams fan, I'm excited that we're two zero. But I didn't go. Oh yeah, we beat the Saints. You know it's not like the only thing that would be benefit is if Drew Brees comes back. And the Saints make a push, and it, at the end of the season, it comes down to head-to-head schedule, and it holds, you know, helps us get home field. That's the only benefit. But you can't, you can't ra- wave your flag and scream how 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 bad we beat them when they lost Drew Brees. I mean, if Brees is in that game, that's a whole different game. I still thought we could win. I want to beat them at their best, just like with the Niners. I'd rather lose to the Niners at their full strength than to continue to beat them. You know where they got nobodies, as they have every everybody gets getting hurt. Now they're healthy, although Staley did break his leg, which is disappointing news for the, the Niners' O line. But now the Niners look at him two and zero, and look listen to all the experts. I'm gonna get off this for a second. Sorry with the injured quarterbacks, but all the experts are shocked. They're shocked that the Niners' defense is so good. They're shocked that the Niners are two and zero. Jimmy G played really good last week. He wasn't so solid the first week. But you got to remember, the guy just came back. How many games has he got to play? You can't expect him. He's not like he played five seasons straight and then missed a year like uh, Manning, and you expect him to just run right back into it. Jimmy G's never got a whole season down yet, so he's going to struggle at times. Give him a good six or seven games to get a rhythm down, and then if he's terrible, you say that. But all the experts are like, oh, the Niners, maybe their D's, but their D was already good. It, I, we said how if you're on the field long enough, you get tired late in games. The Niners were still pretty respectable last year, maybe not win losses. I thought they did pretty well for what they had going down to a third-string quarterback. They still won games, and now you got – if they could stay healthy besides – and the running back seems like it doesn't matter. You got Raheem Mostart doing good. Uh, who's the third guy? What was his name? Was it Willis Williams? 
not Williams. Uh, it might have been uh, Willis, Jeff Jeff Willis, um, and Matt Breed. Of course, Breed is just insane. His yards per carry are, are awesome. So the Niners, yeah, look at them. The Niners are looking good. Um, how did I even get to that? See, gosh, dang it. Okay, let me get back to the injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was just saying how you want to beat the team at their best. And I, I don't take stock when you beat the Niners the last few years when they're hurting. Now, at the same time, if the Niners win, then they got bragging rights because you could say, hey, we were at our worst and we still beat you. But I don't, I'm not the kind of, some guys do. Some guys say, I don't give a crap if you put 11 um, backups in. If we beat you, it's it's about the name on the, the side of the helmet. But I don't, I don't like that. I don't take uh, joy over beating a team when they're, that you, you don't, I don't brag. So anyways, Big Ben, there's another injury. Big Ben, I cannot believe that. Out for the, I mean, he's one of the toughest guys, and he got hurt where he wasn't even touched. It's like, man, no contact at all, and you, you knew that. That reminds me of a baseball player. You know, we, you know, being in fantasy, and baseball fans, if you watch enough games, you see when the pitcher, uh, Weaver, this year, Luke Weaver did that, throws a pitch, just sits there and mentions some pain, and he hasn't come back yet. And that was back, I think, in maybe early June. Sorry if you hear crunching in the background. That's my cats eating. So Big Ben's gone. And now let's talk about the trickle-down effect from that. The Steelers. You know, now everyone's saying, you know, is Juju going to be... The uh, the guy who came in, he played really well, though, against him. Now it was against the Seahawks, who got lit up by Andy Dalton. So how much stock do you hold in that? But do if you have Juju, like Eric does, you know, Big Ben will be back next year. But do you panic? Um, I wouldn't panic. Juju's not going to change. The Steeler offense is not going to change. It might not run as well. It might not have many deep bombs that Big Ben's good at. But I would be more worried if I was a James Conner owner. You know, is is Conner, if he's healthy, how is it going to affect him? Are they going to load eight in the box, which would, if they can get any pass protection, actually help uh, the wide receivers of the Steelers? Um, and then the with Alvin Kamara. And uh, Michael Thomas, is that going to hurt them? Is Bridge, Bridgewater's been in the offense enough to where I'm more confident in Bridgewater. I, uh, Michael Thomas is still a wide receiver one, and Alvin Kamara is still going to be top running back. They might even, from what I've heard, they might even run more now, rely on Kamara. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but if defense is trying to hone in on you now without Breeze back there. But I honestly didn't think Breeze was going to have that great of a year. I thought that, that even with Breeze back there, he wasn't attempting too many deep throws the second half of the year last year. And this year, I think he's done one over 20 yards. So I think Kamara's still going to be fine. Another uh, another big quarterback move. I don't know if anyone heard today. Uh, they announced, or I think it was yesterday they actually announced that Eli Manning is no longer the starter in New York. I'm excited for that. Daniel Jones, how is that? They were mentioning with that matter for Saquon Barkley, uh, Evan Ingram, and most likely no. Uh, I would think with how bad Eli's played, I watched a little bit of the Buffalo game. Man, the guy, he's he was terrible to watch. You're like, come on, Eli, get the ball downfield. If you can't, at least hit an open man or, or have some accuracy. Yeah, it was pretty tough to watch because they, they had all the chances in the world to beat Buffalo last game at home in New York. Um, but Daniel Jones, he's coming up. So I think there's going to be some young quarterbacks coming up. We'll see how they do. The Steelers, how, how will they handle that? He was a third-round pick, I think, that quarterback. Um, Cam Newton, check. I can't remember his name. I only heard a little bit about him, but he was a, a kind of a higher draft pick for the uh, Panthers. And they're saying he might – he's a bit of a runner in college. He was a, a runner, had I think 17 rushing touchdowns. Um, 
So maybe the backup to Cam Newton, he might come in and actually put on a very good performance. So if you're hurting at quarterback, you know, I'm going to cover in a second waiver some of the guys that had Big Ben and Drew and Cam Newton, although Elijah, he will make moves at the last second. So I don't know what Eli's going to do. He might wait to see if Cam plays. And then he's got James Winston. He's in a whole other story, Winston. But as we were talking about Nick, he went out and grabbed uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen was going to be a guy that I drafted had I not been able to get Kyler Murray. Uh, I was going to go a little sooner. I got uh, Lamar Jackson later in the draft. But if uh, Kyler Murray was gone, I was going to go Jackson a little sooner than I would have, and then Allen towards the end of the draft. I really like Josh Allen. I'm, gl- I'm glad somebody got him. That was a good pickup for Nick. And Dino Dan got Andy Dalton because he lost Drew Brees. He still obviously has Tom Brady, so he's set. Brady with that offense now with all the – you know, the big thing with Brady is all those receivers, it's hurting the other ones. It's hurting uh, Edelman. It's hurting Antonio Brown, although Brown had 17 points. He had a good game, so it's not actually hurting him. It's Josh Gordon. You know, it's the other guys who are going to – might feel the effect. Now, Brady's not. Brady's going to be lighting it up. You know, I was a little shocked that Dino Dan didn't start Brady last week against Miami um, going against me. He went with Breeze. You know, uh, that should have been a shootout. If Breeze was there, it should have been a shootout. It might have been a better decision had we seen Breeze healthy. But when I saw him put take Brady in the bench, I felt a little better. I thought Breeze could have gone more than Brady, but Brady against Miami was almost a sure bet. But he's got Brady in there now, so Dino Dan's fine at quarterback. Nick, I think, is is uh, going to be cool at quarterback. He lost Big Ben, who actually looked kind of bad with the game and a half that he has played. But jo- uh, Josh Allen, the last... I think it was since Allen started. I think the last six weeks of the season last year, Josh Allen was uh, the number one QB five of the six weeks. Number one quarterback in fantasy because of his rushing ability. you got to love the rushing quarterbacks. So you might not regret that, Nick. You might actually in the long run say, hey, man, this is working out better for you. Funny thing is uh, they both face each other this week. Nick's going to start Josh Allen. Dino Dan's going to have Tom Brady. Both those quarterbacks go heads up. We'll cover their game um, tomorrow. So with waivers... We saw another pick Dino Dan got. He got Rashad Penny. Penny had 15 points, I think, last week. He did have a touchdown. He looked solid. You know, Carson is still the man there. That's the guy that uh, that um, I would want. Jose has him. But Penny's still going to get some touches, and Carson had two fumbles, and that's why Penny got additional touches in that game. So that was a very good grab by Dino Dan. One of my favorite grabs was Brian getting um, Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs. He had a really big game. I remember th- when... All the talk was on um, – these names keep escaping me for some reason. All the talk was on the guy that uh, Jacob got, the rookie. He was the one they drafted. He was the one who if Tyreek Hill couldn't play was going to be the man. And he did have a good game. He did have a touchdown. Could have had two. He had one taken back. So he could have had a monster game for Jacob, which scored 200 points, so Jacob didn't need it. But Demarcus Robinson, I remember them saying on the waiver wire – Oh, you know, no, don't grab Robinson. Look at his career numbers. He's not going to do anything. Then he just goes off. And that shows that that Chiefs offense with Mahomes, he can make almost any above average, even an average receiver, but above average receiver, he's going to make them look like superstars like Demarcus Robinson. So Brian got him. That's a good player for Brian to get just in case. Trade depth wants to, you know, needs to pop in a guy. It's never going to hurt you to play a Chiefs wide receiver. Um, Devin Smith, who had the big touchdown against the Redskins. Austin picked him up. What a shock. Austin grabbed a Cowboy player, right? <laughs> it was a good grab, though. Nice grab. You can't complain with that. And then Dino Dan, another big player. He got Rashard Penny, and he got Nelson Aguilar. We'll see if Nelson Aguilar, how long he plays. It uh, depends on the health of Alshon Jeffrey and uh, Deshaun Jackson when they come back. But in the meantime, 
Aguilar, he had a really good game. And he could have had a monster game if we, if anyone saw that Sunday night when he dropped that open. If he caught it the way he was running in stride, that would have been the go-ahead touchdown. Who knows if Atlanta could have came back again because there would have been about 40 to 50 seconds left. But he dropped that, which would have gave a monster game. So good pickups off the waiver wire. I like some of the guys people got. And that's what we'll do. You know, we'll try to stay active on that, see who's getting who. Um, I'll always post because, you know, not everyone checks it. Sometimes people don't realize that they just get their own teams. And that's what this podcast is about, about talking about matchups, informing people what's happening in our league, such as team names, blah, blah, blah. Um, and now the team we're going to talk about for a little bit, you know, I'm not going to ever, I'm not going to get in a team and rail, you know, on someone or say, hey, you need to get this or hey, you know, this, this, we're just going to talk about it and say, you know, as a group, what would you do, you know, or just something to think about because it's only one person's team, but sometimes Maybe that person wants to talk about their team. And we're going to talk about Christian and the Stalingrad Seagulls. He's he's one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. He's 0-2, and his team is struggling big time because one reason, same reason they struggled at the end of the year last year, but even then he was at least scoring almost 140 points the last few games. It's because Melvin Gordon. You know, Melvin Gordon holding out has just screwed a lot of people over. Um, if you have Austin Eckler, I saw Christian picked up Justin Jackson. That was a good move because if anything happens to Eckler, um, Jackson's going to be the man. Jackson's going to fall into probably RB1. He would have to be a top 12, I think, in that offense and how heavy they rely on the running back. So that was a good grab for Christian um, just in case. And he's even with that Eckler, Jackson had a big touchdown, and it was taken away. It was a 60-yard uh, touchdown uh, catch, and it had it was taken away against the Lions game. So... He could have had even a bigger game, and I think someone else might have grabbed him off the waiver wire, but some people, if they didn't watch that game, they missed that. They missed those things. Um, but that was a good gr- pickup for Christian, getting uh, Justin Jackson. But his running backs, man, It's if you look at his team, Tyreek Hill going down too is the killer because we said when we did a team review, Christian, with your team, it was you lived and died last year without Melvin Gordon. Now you got Chubb late in the season and then made the trade. But even without Melvin Gordon, you had like six wins, and then you got Chubb and got a seventh and an eighth or seventh win. Then you got Gordon and got your eighth win, and then Gordon got hurt towards the end, and exactly what you were afraid of. Um, but you still were scoring points. You made the the roster move to make your team better, and because of crap like this with these holdouts, I almost had to go through it with Zeke, but I got lucky. Um, the difference is you're seeing the Cowboys were built around Zeke. And and want to run through Zeke, and Zeke has been the man. He's you know he is you've seen it every time he's on the field. Melvin Gordon, his rookie year was terrible. I know because I drafted him. It's second round. I was so excited to get that guy. And I, after week one, I traded him. I traded him and Gurley because they kept saying Gurley was going to be out a while, and I traded him for Lashawn McCoy to Jacob. And Gurley came back only two weeks later. You know, to my surprise, or I would have never made the trade. But it worked out great for Jacob. But Melvin Gordon did nothing. I remember he held on to him and traded Matt at the trade deadline, uh, tried to trade Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was garbage his rookie year. You know, Woodhead got a lot of the looks, um, but even when Gordon would get chances at the goal line, he wouldn't get in. So you, when you have a, a thing like that, and then you could see Eckler, when, when Melvin Gordon got hurt, what might have actually hurt him is when he got hurt last year and there was four games without Melvin Gordon, Eckler and Justin Jackson, the Chargers still scored 27 points a game. I think that I think it was maybe 28 a game, and with Gordon it was 27. Either way, with or without him, it was a one-point difference. So that's not saying a lot. When the Cowboys didn't have Zeke, Dak's numbers went down, the wins went down, 
the, the, the offensive line can still protect, but you need a top running back. When you get that O-line and a running back like Zeke, the, the, the Cowboys win, and you could see it. You know, you could see it. Now Dak, though, is playing like an all-star level. I think he's going to take the next step, and he's going to really have a breakout year. But with Melvin Gordon, the Chargers are just like, we're not paying you, dude. Well, you know, we'd be happy to trade you. And when he comes back, is he going to get a full workload? You know, the best thing for Christian would have been if he got traded. Um, and then the second worst thing, I think even with Gordon out, you could have got gotten by with just a couple average running backs. You know, get five points here, eight points here. Not a monster game. You'll be handicapped, you know, going against other top team running backs. But not a lot of teams in our league have two top running backs. You know, they might have one and then an okay one. Hill, Hill going down week one. It's like, man, last year I remember you had Hill. He had like a 50-point game to open the season. And then if you have a solid defense, that's it. I mean, look at if Christian if Christian's defense gets him 25 and Hill gets 50, man, there unless he just goes up against a monster team that week, he should that's how you would he was winning games last year. And now you take out Hill and Melvin Gordon, and he's got these guys under contract. So what do you do? If, that, if you're in charge of Christian's team right now, if you're looking at his team, you look at his roster, he's got pieces on there. Do you hold tight? Do you sit tight if you're Christian? Christian, you're sitting tight, obviously. I don't know if you're talking to people about deals. Um, but if I'm Christian and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at my roster and I'm going, okay, you know, l- let's say I lose three games, start out 0-3, 0-4. You know, we've seen teams go 0-4 and make the playoffs. We've seen 2-5. I say it all the time. It's a broken record, but it's basically there to let you know, hey, this is not real football. Real football at 0-4 and 2-5, it is really hard because your team has been playing at a 2-5 and record. Crap. You know, you're not going out there going, oh, well, I scored uh, 42 points and I gave up 44. No, in fantasy, you can score like Austin. He scored 171 and lost. We had guys scoring, you know, 120, 130 and winning. We had two, two teams score, didn't even score 130 and both got wins this week. Austin scored 170. That's what I'm saying. So Austin can have a loss, but that's not going to continue all season. Usually the ship will ride itself. Or you can be like Jose when he was 0-7 and then he won five straight and knocked a couple teams out of the playoffs. In fantasy, you can turn it around in a week. You can totally turn around. You just got to be patient. And is, is Christian going to play that? Would you play that if you, know, if you were Christian's team? You got Matt Ryan, two-year contract. You got to trade him for who? Who's going to – and, and – and, We'll cover. I'll talk more the next show. I'm going to talk more about the contracts, the things I love about it. I'm. I'm honestly. I am. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. I know Jacob. When you were here, Jacob, we talked about it. You liked it. You were saying how how the it it offers balance. I'll get into everything that I love about it, and what's tough about it. But at the same time, it's almost like a salary cap. It can prevent. Yeah, I'm going to save all that because I want to talk about that on the next podcast as well as going over other matchups. But he's got Matt Ryan two years. If I'm Christian, he put him there for a reason, and we saw how good Matt Ryan did, especially in any domes, and he plays in domes maybe 10 times a year besides his eight games. He's got DeAndre Hopkins two years. You ain't trading DeAndre Hopkins. If Christian wants to trade DeAndre Hopkins, it would have to be for, like, an elite running back, and that would, and then what would that do? That would give him an elite running back. He would still have, you know, digs, and if Hill was back, and he can get more balance, but you could still play. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's one step forward, one step back. If you're Christian, if you go, you know, and the, the thing is, if you wouldn't go, let me trade DeAndre Hopkins hypothetically and say, oh, I'm going to trade DeAndre Hopkins for Todd Gurley. Matt's got Todd Gurley for two years. Let's say Gurley, even in his, even if Gurley has no injuries and he's getting 20 touches a game. Okay, so now he's got Gurley. Now he's got Hill and Diggs. Well, who's he going to pop in that flex spot? 
he's still going to, before he had his three receivers covering all those, and he's had to get a good game from his quarterback and a solid defense. So if you lose one of those receivers, now who's he going to put in his flex? Now that Gurley goes over. And, he, you know, and the contracts have to match. So he can't trade DeAndre Hopkins. He couldn't trade him to me unless I gave him back two more contracts because I'm, I'm all back, booked up with 10. So there's strategies to it. So it makes it hard. You know, it does make it hard. How does he, how does he do this? Um, and you don't want to trade DeAndre Hopkins. He's, in my opinion, he's my favorite receiver in the league. One of them, top three. He's one of the top in the league. Uh, then he's got Diggs, two years. Diggs, he's a solid receiver. He should have had two touchdowns. That was a load of crap. You know, like we said, the refs are totally jacking up these games. Uh, if you saw that replay, if you watched the highlights, they were saying it was a pick maybe on Cooks. It was ridiculous. And if it, w- it didn't happen under the two-minute warning, the the um, Packers would have never challenged that. They didn't even realize that they, that was going to come off. When they were doing the replay, everyone's like, well, why are they replaying this? What are we missing? You know, he clearly caught it, clearly scored, and they called a pick play on Cooks. And Cooks got rammed into, and he just tried to get out of the way. That was a terrible call. But Diggs should have had two touchdowns. You're not going to trade Diggs. I mean, look at his numbers he put up last year. He might have had a few games where he disappeared, but... Odell Beckham does that. All receivers do that. This last week, Hopkins only had eight points. Sometimes it's game script. You know, you can't expect that. It's what you have to base it on average. So you're not going to trade Diggs. He's got him two years. Tyreek Hill, you trading Hill? Heck no. Christian's not trading Hill. That's one of his favorite players, man. I tried to get him from him last year before we even started the contracts. He ain't trading Hill, and he has no reason to. When Hill comes back, which he will this year, thank God, you know, I was glad when I saw him get hurt, I was like, oh, no. You know, you don't want to, I don't want to see any team. I don't care if I'm playing you. I did not want to see Drew Brees get hurt. I did not want to see Alshon Jeffrey get hurt. I don't want to beat a guy because of an injury. You know, even if it was for the championship, you want to beat a guy at full strength. And so when I saw Hill get hurt, I'm like, man, and that's Christians. The two guys the most are Hopkins and Hill. Matt Ryan gets hurt. That sucks because Matt Ryan has, the last three years, has been a top three fantasy quarterback in our leagues every year. So you don't want to lose him. But you could have, there still are options. Josh Allen, you know, he might go out and get you 19 points the next game, 25 points. That's still solid to go with Hill, Hopkins, and Diggs. But you can't replace someone like Hill. You can't. And so now Christian's got to wait. He's got to hope. You know, he made some really good pickups. Most start. You know, and I nickname him. I didn't nickname him. I've heard this before, but in fantasy, the fantasy world, they say must start. Raheem must start after last week against that the Bengal game. And I really thought Christian should have played him. You know, that looked like that would have been a good play, uh, only because Coleman was out. I didn't think most start would do that. You know, I really liked how he played Ito Smith. Ito Smith uh, did what he could. He did decent. He's someone uh, that might, if Freeman continues to struggle, or Freeman injury prone does get hurt. Um, Ito Smith is walking into a starter role, so that's a good hold for Christian. He started Ito Smith. Uh, most start would have been better. He had a really big game for Christian, over 20-some points, but he picked him up. Now he's putting him in the starting lineup. I'm excited to see most start against the Steelers. I think he can do well. I think because Brita, we know Brita can go out 10 carries, get 90 yards, 11 carries, 100 yards, but he does get hurt, and he does, the good thing is he keeps coming back. You know, he keeps coming back. He's like a cockroach. That should be Brita's nickname. As much as he might hate it, he is like a cockroach. You can't kill him. He just keeps coming back. So Mostart, nice nice uh, pickup for him. But 
what does Christian do? I think he holds Pat. I think that's what Christian, I'm guessing that's what he'll do. Because what, oh yeah, another one, Debo Samuel. Remember I talked about that when he got him. I said that was a good move by Christian to get Debo Samuel. Um, look at the game he had. He had a really big game. They they, they were saying that they were going to cut back some of Debo Samuel's uh, snaps and give them to Pettis. And Pettis, I think, had like two or three, didn't do crap. I don't know what's going on with Pettis. Because I really liked him last year. I thought he was going to be a big play big play guy and he's kind of getting faded and Debo Samuels just might turn out to be the number one receiver there no offense to Marquise Goodwin um, but Goodwin could still have big games but look at the targets that's what you want to look at as receivers look at the targets Debo Samuels I think had nine and Goodwin had three the week before Goodwin only had three as well but he caught all three of them had uh, like 70 yards and a touchdown so that's what Goodwin can do for you Goodwin is the Deshaun Jackson and Debo Samuel is more of the uh, Stefan Diggs, where he's going to get more targets and could still have big play potential. So Christian's going to have to wait and see. You know, check your schedule, Christian. See how you know it looks. What does it look like? Your matchups. When will you get Hill back? And when you got Hill, Hopkins, and Diggs, Matt Ryan, Melvin Gordon might be back by then. You just got to kind of tread water and get through the tough patches. Hope to get a few wins here and there. Maybe have face a guy. You know, maybe uh, the the teams you're playing that week just struggle. Do whatever it is. You know, we've all been in those situations. Um, but you could turn it around. If anyone can, I believe you can. You, Brian. There's several guys in the league that I think can just turn this, this ship around real quick. But, I mean, in the contract league now, you are kind of strapped. You know, he, it's hard to make a big move unless you can fit it in. So, Christian seems 0-2. He's got a tough matchup against my team this week. But maybe he can pull it out. You know, Mostard ha- has a good game again. Debo Samuel has a good game again. They're going against the Steelers in San Francisco. I think that would be key for his team. We'll go over Christian's matchup when he plays me on one of the next podcasts. Now let's get to the two games that I wanted to cover tonight. The first game. This is the only game that we got two undefeated teams going against each other. We got the 2-0. Oh, did you forget about me? Excuse me for a second. Brian going against the 2-0. I juju choose you, Eric. Division play. You love when two 2-0 teams go against you. Anytime you have two of the teams fighting for first place, you really enjoy it. Now, the point spread on them, uh, I believe Brian's favored by maybe eight. It's not that high. Um, So we'll see. Brian's team last week did have a pretty good game. Broke 160-plus. Eric broke 120-plus. It's all about matchups this week. The biggest thing is they will each have prime. Uh, Sunday, I believe Brian has someone. I know Eric has a guy on Sunday night, and he has two on Monday night, and I don't think Brian has anyone on Monday night. So, man, Brian, you always seem to get the tough matchups with the Monday night. Although you came out on top here. You're 1-0 on these Monday nights. You just survived and beat Steve with uh, Odell Beckham's monster performance. But the quarterbacks... It's going to come down to some of these key matchups. Carson Wentz, who turned it on the second half against Atlanta, but he really struggled. Uh, I think, what did he come out of the first half with? Was it one point, two points? It was not looking good for Wentz on the Sunday night game. Then the second half, like most good quarterbacks, they salvaged the day. They turned the game around, and Wentz did do that. Um, Going against Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers, what happened? Did Green Bay? I didn't see uh, very much of that game. I just knew Aaron Rodgers, three touchdowns. They're annihilating the Vikings. 
that's when you go and maybe it's because game script probably up 21 nothing. I know Dalvin Cook did have that monster run, made it 21-7 and they the Vikings did crawl back into the game. So maybe I know Jamal Adams or not Jamal Adams. Um what is this? Oh my gosh. My brain is just going crazy right now. Well, um why can't anyway Adams for some reason I can't get his oh Aaron Jones see why am I calling him Adams De, not Devontae Adams he had nothing to do with it sorry Aaron Jones he had a really really good game for Dino Dan on the bench that's what sucked for Dino Dan but Aaron Jones had a really good game and I think that's what kind of took Rodgers game out the second half because he had three touchdowns and we were texting man Aaron Rodgers if the Vikings could have scored more like I expected a shootout like last year but man Kirk Cousins is just playing like garbage. He just looks terrible. So I don't know what's up with Cousins. But had the game script called for it, I think Aaron Rodgers would have had a monster game. And Eric probably would have had a much higher score that week. But that's the disappointing thing when you your team jumps out to a big lead and you try to run it and do clock control. But Wentz versus Rodgers. Rodgers, the Broncos, the Broncos have to score or you're going to have the same, same thing. You might get Rodgers a couple quick touchdowns. Because the Broncos don't play as well on the road. We saw what they did against the Raiders. Carr had a pretty solid game on the Monday night game. Rodgers is obviously better than Carr. So that offense, although he is arguing with his new head coach, but Rodgers should have a really big game. I think Wentz does as well. Two elite quarterbacks, you know. Two quarterbacks that would be taken, you know, very early in the draft. Wentz was taken in, when did Brian take him? Second round? First round? One of the top top quarterbacks taken. And then Rodgers was obviously kept under contract for the next four years by Eric. So quarterbacks will be very key in that one. The wide receiver battle, that will definitely be something to look forward to. Because if you look at the wide receiver battle in this matchup, the the Monday night game, you got Allen Robinson, which is going to be big. He's he's looking really solid. He's looking really, really good for Eric. Uh, bet, way better. We talked about him at nausea about how you know he's coming back from ACL. Juju Smith-Schuster, how is he going to play? That's the, that's the key right there. you got two receivers in this game going heads up where we have to draw question marks. What is it that is going to – what's going to you know pull out? Is Juju Smith-Schuster, is he going to be able to pull it out with his new quarterback? Is Michael Thomas going to pull it out with Bridgewater? Are they both going to have you know real low games? Game script going to put it – you know, Michael Thomas is at Seattle. You know, they're not the hardest defense in the world, but at Seattle, I'd much rather, you know, if it was in New Orleans, I'd feel better. Beckham Jr. at home on the primetime game Sunday night against the Rams. Who's going to take him? Tlaib? So that the matchups, you know, the, Juju Smith-Schuster going against the Niners, is he going to get Sherman? Probably. Juju's going to face a lot of stuff that Antonio Brown got. Juju's going to see what it feels like, although he will go in the slot. And I don't believe, unless things have changed in San Francisco, Sherman follows. He stays on his side. So you might see some Washington, James Washington, going against Sherman, which will actually help uh, Eric's Juju Smith-Schuster. And Allen Robinson at Washington. Trubisky, man, how did he have so many good games last year and then just seem like he's just... Started out so bad this year. Now, he went against a tough Packer defense. And then last week on the road in Denver. So I am going to cut him some slack. You think he would have, like we said, progressed year after year. He's got to do it. He's got to do it at Washington. The Redskins defense just got shredded by Dak Prescott. I don't expect him to go out there and just light up the world. But I expect Allen Robinson to get 100 yards. They need to take advantage of that. 
Um, you saw what they did. Beckham, I still think in that game, no matter who's covering him, Tlaib or not, I think they're at home So and prime time. I think Beckham, just like a Monday night, is going to at least break one big one. So the receivers, I think the receivers in this game are key. I think the quarterbacks are a wash. Wentz is at home against Detroit, and Aaron Rodgers at home against Denver. Denver defense is probably a little more skilled. The coach, the head coach, uh, Matt Patricia in Detroit, he's good. He's good at def- uh He's really improved the Lions' defense. I think both quarterbacks are going to be a wash. I think it's going to come down to Michael Thomas and Juju. Who plays better with the new quarterback? And then the primetime games, of course. And the defense, these are two of the top three right now. If you look at individual independent uh, defensive player rankings, Littleton and Wagner are both two of the top three in linebackers. So that could be a big factor. And then the Vikings at home against Oakland. I mean, is this stupid? Am I stupid? I can't help it. You know, I'm a Raider. I'm married to a Raider fan. So it's hard for me to make a judgment. I'm blinded. But I'm picking the Raiders at home uh, on the road against Minnesota. That Vikings defense is probably going to shut them down. I might change it the last second. In our pick 'em lame Dino Dan, I might change it. You know, I just I, I and the problem is I usually go back and look at games. I didn't go back and look at games this week. Remember I picked my games, well I can't say remember, but I picked my games usually Tuesday. You know, after the Monday and Tuesday morning, I found out about an hour later later that Sam Darnold had mono and was going to be out. It didn't dawn on me to even think about my pick'em games. I thought I picked Cleveland. I actually picked the Jets in our pick'em league. There is no I played the freaking Cleveland Browns defense in our fantasy. That's proof right there. There's no way I thought the Jets were gonna win. There is no way with Trevor Simeon and sorry Brian, but no way with Trevor Simeon are they gonna win. I picked the Browns defense and all night I thought, oh I had the Browns. The next morning I go to look and it showed I had I said, oh, I went two for two on the primetime games. I got the Falcons and I got the Browns, and I went not so fast. I picked the Jets. So I got to get back into the swing of things when it comes to our pick em leagues because I'm totally blanking on those. But I might go back to the Vikings um, when it comes down to it. It's just, I think the Raiders are a solid team. You know, I think the Chiefs were elite and they beat them. I think the Raiders, if they get the run game going, um, and I, if you could take away. Dalvin Cook, which is not as much easier said. Kirk Cousins has yet to prove this season he can do crap. So we'll see. We'll see what I pick there. But um, I think that'll be the difference. The Niners at home against Pittsburgh with the new quarterback and the Vikings at home against the Raiders. I like Carr more than the Steelers quarterback. So I would have to go with the Niners, D, right? Right? Who's much improved. Shock in the fantasy world. Everyone, look at this Niners defense. Oh, my gosh. I'm so shocked. How did you not see that they were going to be better getting D Ford and Nick Bosa? The number one thing is improve your offensive line. Get a good quarterback and get a good D-line or a good pass rush. That's it. The Niners have all those things. So why would you be shocked when they are better now? So that, that baffles me. Um, but I think that's going to be the key thing because the quarterbacks are going to be a wash. It's going to be Michael Thomas against Juju. Which one's going to come out in there? Because I think Robinson and Beckham will both have good games. And Come back at me. Text me at the end of the, this game. If it looks like it, the, what I said was wrong, say, dude, Danny, you were totally off. You know, it turns out it all came down to Sanders against Barber. You know, Barber had 30 points and Sanders had 45 in a dream world. But, uh, you know, it could be something like that. But I think in this matchup it's going to come down to that. The defense, the linebackers might come to a wash. I think it's going to be the defenses and Juju against Michael Thomas. But, you know, I'm just making a – just a guess based off fantasy. Who knows? But yeah, that was one of the key games. And the other key game, 
Let's see how much. Man, I'm trying to get this to 30 minutes. If you guys don't mind, I'll keep making them where I just babble on like this. But if you guys say, hey, Danny, let me know. Shorten it up. You know, I just want to hear a quick 20-minute podcast. I'm, I got to get to work or whatever. Or if you like listening to all of it, I'll keep making them just as I do. But let's get to the other game. It, can anyone guess it? I'll give you a second to guess it if you know. If you don't know the schedule because you're not diehard like me, I am the commissioner. It is my job to pay attention to every game. I check activities. Yes, Jose texted me tonight showing me the team name. I knew Jose probably about five minutes after you put it. Um, I always check activity. I see who got who, what's happening here, who wants to do this. Just as the commissioner, I like to stay informed. I like to keep up. So did you guess the matchup I'm going with? We did the 2-0 against 2-0. From the best to the 0-2, you guessed it, 0-2 battle. We got the 0-2 Matt Baker's Almost Dozen. I love the name, Matt. Against 0-2 Hot Chub Time Machine. I've already talked about your team name, Steve. But both these teams could have a win already. You know, week one, they both had really good games. Just missed out on a victory. Week two, their teams did not perform as well as week one. And now they're going to heads up against each other. Steve, a slight favored. You know, they just have a few points ahead. But if you look at their, their team, nobody wants to go to 0-3. So as you look at these games, you know, like in the pros, they say, oh, this is a much, this is a must win. This is a must win. This is a, you know, and they always pull that must win crap. I remember one of my favorite quotes of all time was, I can't remember the guy that said it, but it was in hockey. And they said, is this game a must win game? And he's like, are we, are we down 0-3? And they're like, no. He said, if we lose, do we get eliminated? They said, no. He said, then it's not a must win game. Next question. And it's so true. A must win game is defined as you must win or you are done so if you lose this we've talked about brian going own four and, and made the playoffs you do not have to win this this just really 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 cripples your chances of winning the division when you're zero and three in division play now if matt comes out of this zero and three and goes on to win the what is it how many out of division games do we have let's see we got six division there's 13 games so seven so matt goes seven straight and he goes seven and three until we hit our final three division games. He can easily still win the division. Several division winners last year had eight wins. He just has to win one and then hope no one else in this division is at the same thing. So that and that happens in fantasy. You know that happens in our in our league. It has in all leagues. Uh, like I said, this is not like you go. Oh man, I played uh, my last three games. The teams that played uh, none of them broke a hundred points. Well, we didn't do anything. We don't have, you know, we don't have something to stop their players. It's not something we can actually control. So that's just luck. You know, if you go out there and win a low-scoring game, you got lucky. If you win a high-scoring game, you got lucky that your team didn't outscore you. So it's not like we can prevent it. So when you sit there and, and have something like that, yes, Matt could still be go 0-3 and, and win. It just hurts your division. A good example and Nick, if you're listening, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I know you are constantly busy. I don't know if you ever have free time. But Nick was 3-0 in division play last year. He came out of the gates. He had a real monster week one, a solid week two, and then a really big week three. And he was 3-0 and looking good. And I remember he was you know, even talking a little bit of smack. His team was looking solid. And then I think he had a few injuries. I remember uh, – who was it? Dang it. Someone got hurt and he popped Calvin Ridley in. I can't remember if his quarterback got hurt. But he managed to dink and dunk and try to stretch out a few more wins. But before you know it, he lost five of six. And it was just like, oh, man. You know, now he's uh, four and five. And then, like you said, remember we had a bunch of guys last year four and four. 
I was two and four and and rallied. Uh, Brian was four and four and rallied. Eric was four and four. Uh, he just missed out on the playoffs. But yeah, that's that's just the way it goes in fantasy. So, anyways, you can go to zero and three. This is not a must-win game. With that being said, though, this is a must-win game for the division. You must win this game, Matt. You must win this game, Steve. Oh. My biggest question coming to this game, and this is directed at you, Matt, is where the heck is Baker Mayfield? Now, you made a joke like, Baker's on the block. I'm assuming you meant trading block when you said that. But when I hear Baker's on the block, I'm, it sounds like a, ba- a boy band, you know? Oh, 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 Baker's on the block. Sorry, wrong, bad song. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's – and it's like I'm, I don't know anyone in our league. I mean, you could try – you know, unless you want to go give me a uh, hundred real dollars cash and then Baker Mayfield, and then I have to give you five contracts back. I don't know anyone who's taking that con. That's an Albert Pujols contract, bro. No one's taking that off your hands. So good luck trying to trade that. But you, where's Baker Mayfield? You know, he popped in Phillip Rivers last week. And what did Rivers have? Rivers, only 14 points on the road in Detroit with that terrible interception. I was so mad Rivers threw that pick. They were in field goal range to at least force overtime. You want to go for the win, but Rivers, that was a terrible throw. And then Baker Mayfield, not bad, 24 points. 10-point difference. You know, you got to learn, Matt. You can't go week to week, just one game, panic. And you knew the Jets, excuse me, have a really good defense, but did you think that the Jets' offense would move the ball enough to where Baker wouldn't get plenty of play? But, yeah, the team's name... Baker's almost dozen. You got he's your guy for the next five years. I mean, like I said, you can cut him, but you're eating those five year contracts. Eat it. You're gonna eat it, like Dino says. You're gonna eat it like Eric says. Um but yeah, I'm looking for Baker. I wanna see some Baker, Matt. Or you can go just go for Phillip Rivers. You do what you want to do, but I was just shocked. That's just something that kind of surprised me, especially last week. Primetime game. You gotta see your Baker Mayfield. You gotta see your captain on primetime. And the five-year deal, you know, I I didn't disagree with it. When Matt mentioned Matt, when you said five years, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, if if I if you're just gonna slap a few, if your priority is I want a, a top quarterback, you know, if, is Baker Mayfield the next Aaron Rodgers? Is Baker Mayfield gonna be you know the next big thing? Then yeah, put those five years on it. Then you're set. You know, Patrick Mahomes. If Matt had Mahomes, he would probably put five years on him. Mahomes is gonna be it for five years. He's legit. Now you don't have to worry about quarterback. Um, so I have no problem with putting a five-year deal on him. It just was it too soon. Was it something you wanted to wait for? But you can't. You can't when it comes to this. Matt couldn't. If he put two years on him and Baker turns out to be the best quarterback in football or second best, then Matt gets him two years and he's kicking himself. So we will have another show about – oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about the contracts. I'm going to – Jacob, my wife, came up with an idea. Like I mentioned before, Cindy talked to me about something. Um, I always discuss things w- with her with fantasy, and she came up with a pretty uh, good idea, and I ran that by uh, Jacob, and then Jacob built off it, and he has a really good idea, so I will share that. So Jacob, if you're listening, I will get to your idea. We'll share it. If you guys like it, we'll get some feedback, and we'll go from there. I think we need to all get together, maybe at the 49er game, Rams 49er game, when we have the barbecue here. We need to discuss some things as a group, whoever can make it. Just on what we think, on how some of these contracts need to work so that when future situations arrive, we don't get stuck in there. So anyways, back to what we're talking about. This is going to be a very excellent battle with running backs. Regardless of the team's 0-2, you got Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. 
two really good backs that have pounded the ball well, uh, going against Todd Gurley and Josh Jacobs. Both of them, very good running backs. Gurley should have had the 100 yards that first game and would have got the five-point bonus, had a better game. His week two game was better. Still waiting to see some some Gurley-type numbers. Waiting to see a 20- to 30-point game for him. I think it's coming soon. I don't know if it will against Cleveland. It could be. I mean, uh, Le'Veon Bell had a pretty solid game against Cleveland. Josh Jacobs, 99 yards last week. One point, Give him one more yard, guys, and he gets it. So I like both the running backs, Chubb and Henry. Henry's got a tough matchup, but you can't bench Henry. You can't. I mean, you drafted him first round. you got to play him. Chubb, another tough matchup. But both of them, primetime backs for Steve. So I think that'll be one of the big, big battles between those two is the running backs. They, they, um, Gurley has kind of a tough matchup. Jacobs has a really tough, if you look at all the running backs, I think Jacobs and Henry have the two toughest matchups. So at least it's even. Both guys have a really tough matchup with the running back. You look at the wide receivers on paper, man. Heck yeah, give me that all day. Deshaun Jackson, although he is hurt, I don't know his chances of playing. So we'll see what Matt does. Uh, if he doesn't play, I have no clue. He's going to slide in there. Maybe, maybe you could put Baker Mayfield in there, right? That's what Dino Dan wants. He always wants us to run that two quarterbacks. <laughs> but uh, Mike Evans, you got What's going on with Evans? Is Evans going to turn it around? I think he will. I don't know what what the whole offense with that. The uh, the Bucks is just like, ugh. They were supposed to be with Arians, the new coach, supposed to be throwing it all over the place. And um, I like Matt's or I'm sorry, Steve's receivers better. Julio Jones and Fitzgerald. I would much rather take them. Fitzgerald has been on his bench two weeks in a row, 20 points. Look at the, the target share in Arizona with that new offense. Fitzgerald, he did do this last year, so I'm not going to get too excited. Remember, he had like four or five games where he had 20 points and looked really good. And then with his age and how bad the offense got towards the end, he kind of faded away and didn't do much. But I don't think that's going to happen. With Kyler Murray, as long as he stays healthy, that's me knocking on wood. He better stay healthy. He's the most excited player for me to watch him and Barkley. I love watching those guys and Lamar Jackson. But Fitzgerald is going to be Mr. Steady, consistent, and get a lot of targets. Julio Jones is the best receiver out of all four of these guys. But Deshaun Jackson, if he plays, could have a very big game. That's the big if. I'm not going to cover all positions, like I said. Kind of like I just look at certain things. And then we'll also get to the flex spot. Because their defense, they both have solid linebackers. Both have solid defenses against tough matchups, so we won't go too heavy into that. Saints at Seattle, that's going to be tough, but Saints did pretty good against the Rams until the end. And then the Chargers at home against the Texans, that's going to be tough. But the thing, the other spot that I like is Matt Breida going against Tyrell Williams. Williams has a very hard matchup on the road in Minnesota. Will Carr take any chances and throw it deep? you got to think so. you got to love Williams. Uh, being the Raiders' top receiver now. I just wish, I wish so bad that Antonio Brown had stayed in Oakland. How fun would that have team or that, that offense have been if he had stayed? Would it have been the Chiefs by a mile? Oh, heck no. But if you think about it, Terrell Williams is good at the deep ball. He's long. He's got a good stride. It's hard for receivers to cover him and get on him. You can't double-team him if you have Antonio Brown on the other side. You cannot. And then you got Waller, and then you got Josh Jacobs. That offense would have been very fun to watch. I'm still and will be disappointed all year, not just because he went to the Patriots, but because the Raiders missed out on something that could have been fun. And all of us who had fantasy guys on the team. I don't have any Raiders, but Jacob and Matt, they have Raiders. 
Eric, he's got Carr. He, you know, when Carr, when he picked Carr, that was a steal. He got him late, and it's like, dude, you got a guy who's going to have a lot of weapons to throw to. So, will Tyrell Williams be able to outplay Matt Breida? We'll see. We'll see. You know, Williams might have to go to take Jason Jackson's spot, and well, who knows who Matt will put in his flex. But Matt Breida is a very nice flex play if you can afford that. And Steve wisely drafted. Steve, like I said, 0-2. Steve can go to 0-3. I'm still not – if I'm Steve, I'm not scared with my team. I think with – when anytime you have a team with three good running backs, and they're not great, but they're good, with Chubb, Henry, and Breida, you will get games where you will get solid protection uh, production from them. Chubb, Henry, and Brita on average can get you probably about seven, 65 to 75 points a game. Now all you're doing is asking for six other positions to maybe get you 60 more, 70 more, break 140, maybe 150, and that's that's a win. I mean, Steve had a very good scoring game week one. Week two was a little tougher, but we'll, we'll, it's better to lose those games against other teams early on. You don't want to do that late in the season. Because you'd rather start losing now. So you can start tanking for next year and try to get those lotto balls. We'll cover more on the importance of that and why the draft lotto. I've already talked about that, I think, with our when I made our division video, why that's going to be so important. So those are the matchups we're going. And look at that. It's almost an hour. Dang it. I stopped. I was watching the time. I was monitoring it. And then I stopped watching it because I was looking at stuff on there. But good matchups. I'm really excited to see those two games. Those are my favorite two right now. The 2-0 matchup against the 0 and 2 matchups. Everyone else is 1 and 1 against 1 and 1 or 1 and 1 against 2 and 0. We'll cover those matchups. I might do uh, maybe 2 tomorrow and then 2 on Friday night so we all have something to listen to, spread it out. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, I'll try to have more topics. There's plenty of topics like I said I'm going to talk about contracts next time and the importance of them or um different what just different options that we're going to go over. The, the joys of it, at least from my perspective as I look at it, because it's almost, yeah, I'm not going to cover it. I'm going to cover it then. Have a good night, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. I really enjoy doing these. Um, I would love to do more. It's just sometimes I don't do them because I forget. I'm like, oh, there's no matchups. There's no game tonight or the season or this week's over. Well, I can talk about other things. Like I probably should have made this contract show already a while ago, but I will get back to it. I am off after tomorrow. I'm off Thursday or Friday so I can st- – be up later to do more production stuff. So um, enjoy the show. Give me feedback with text messages. Uh, let me know if 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 you if I didn't talk about your game today. Let me know who really wants their game. The first two to tell me tomorrow. Do my game. Do my game. I will do those two games tomorrow. All right. Is that a deal? Deal. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.